Well, we just finished recording uh, the podcast for the week, and and Adam, you were talking to me uh, just a bit about your own story, and uh, it was so good that we plugged all the wires back in and hit record again, uh, because I think it's just quite helpful to hear from people. So uh, we were talking before we re-hit record about uh, just the state of our church and joining and where you're from, uh, and then you started to say that you'd, you'd love to come back on and tell us a bit about yourself and your own story. Um it seemed easier just to plug yeah. in and go again. <laughs> right. Um, Thanks for so I, to share some of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, my, my testimony, I grew up in a Christian home yeah. um, and, and kind of had all the head knowledge that, that I needed, uh, similar to the Pharisees to some degree. Um, and it, it didn't really become real to me until I got it kind of got out on my own. I went to Grove City College being a Christian mm. college. Mm. And so I was kind of insulated with this, like, well, Christianity is just part of, regular culture of kind of how everybody lives. Yeah. Um, and so it wasn't until I kind of was in the middle of college. And actually when I met my wife, Nicole, um, she really got the ball rolling towards my heart being drawn to Christ. Uh, Cause when we first dated uh, the first thing she said, well, I mean, shouldn't God be involved in this? And <laughs> at the time I was kind of like, Oh, I, I thought we were just casually dating. I thought just, just kind of for, for fun. And I was like, uh, that, it's a fair point. And we prayed. And, and I mean, obviously, she's my wife now. So That's a um, great idea. It really is. Go to a Christian college, pray, get married. <laughs> this is my plan for my kids. Go to, go to that Christian college and do those things is my plan for my kids. I think you could get it at other Christian colleges too, but <laughs> yes, there's not many left. <laughs> so, so. Um, but uh, my wife and I actually met um, during a season of kind of difficulty for me. Yeah. I, I got diagnosed with a condition called hydrocephalus, um, which basically means that my spine produces too much fluid for my brain to sit in. And so left unchecked, it would effectively just kind of squeeze my brain into a, well, I don't know what you would turn in, what it would turn into, but it wouldn't be fun. You don't want it? No. <laughs> How did you figure out that you had the condition? What were the first signs? Uh, migraines. Right. Pretty, right. pretty intense migraines. Right. Um, and, and so there, there was a series of surgeries. Um, and and there, there's a funny story again, kind of with Nicole, mm. uh, where we, we had just started dating that semester. And, and I went to the hospital on around Christmas. And, and she came to visit me. And, and my dad likes to say that I, I'm all hooked up to wires and sensors and everything. Yeah. And uh, he said, oh, it was so funny watching all the, the sensors light up as she walked into the room. <laughs> no, so, was he joking or was it real? Oh, I think it was real. I just, oh, that's like fantastic. the heart rate elevated and everything. You, and went so. on, you went on a machine <laughs> to prove to her that you loved her. That's like the ultimate uh, lie detector test or something. <laughs> it really was. No um, So oh, if you ever need to know if you're in true love, then <laughs> there you go. Then develop um, hydrocephalus. <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend it. It's not a, a fun experience to go through necessarily. Yeah, that, that is an extremely um, dedicated uh, way to go. But I, I, again, I mean, Nicole mm. really has, has been an excellent pointer for me, mm -hmm. um, directing me to Christ yeah. uh, and, and has been a support in, in our 14 years of marriage now. Um, so. It, it really, it, it really has been awesome. Um, and, and, and she really has been an instrument of God to keep me alive today. Uh, it was just relaying uh, the yeah. story about, so to solve 
too much fluid in the brain. Basically, they they drill a hole in the top of your front top of your head. Mm. They connect a tube up there, and then they run a tube into a, a, a specific valve that um, is pressured mm. to to only relieve at a certain pressure, and then that is just about the right uh, balance for your brain to kind of have be nice and floating. Um, they put a pressure valve in effectively. They put an external. So I have external plumbing essentially. No, um, and amazing. so that runs into a vein in my neck. It just goes into the bloodstream. It just goes into the bloodstream. Well, that's incredible. Wow. I was going to ask where it drains, but that, that's amazing. Well, usually it drains into your abdomen, although right. I had an inch, well, again, an unfortunate condition where my abdomen stopped absorbing that blood flow. Right. Or there, that not the blood flow, the, the, <laughs> the, the fluid mm-hmm, kind of. Mm-hmm. And, and so that was not a fun season. And, and again, Nicole has been incredibly supportive in terms of uh, helping me through that season. Um, and, and then it got transferred to just to, into the blood flow there. Um, uh, but even after that had been done, mm. um, there was one evening three, four years ago mm. where I, I woke up in the middle of the night, just massive splitting headache. Mm. Um, and I don't get those unless something has gone wrong with right. that whole external plumbing. Um, and, And I, I again, I, I can't sing the praises of Nicole enough. Mm. I mean, she she had the presence of mind to to kind of help me through that to say, okay, is this real? Okay, I'm going to call an ambulance and, mm-hmm. and we'll get you down. Um, but but it got to a point where I I really it was enough pain. I didn't know. <laughs> I there were parts of me that thought this was this was the end. I I didn't know what else was going to go on. And and the the, the passage of the verse in Philippians. Paul says to live is Christ and to die is gain. Yeah. And that just kept running through my mind and, and just. <laughs> what, what did that mean to you when you had that? I mean, that, that verse just came to you in that condition. It, it, it did. Um, mm-hmm. Just, just a, a really sweet time of kind of assurance of my salvation yeah. uh, to just be in a situation like that. And, and for mm-hmm. that verse to come into mind, kind of God's presence being there with me through that experience um, clearly I'm talking to you today, so yeah. God's not done with me yet. And so uh, to live is Christ <laughs> to live is Christ. Um, and yet to die truly would be gain. Um, it certainly wasn't an enjoyable experience at the mm-hmm. time. Um, mm-hmm. but still to have that for it to just be physical pain and, yeah. and not kind of mental anguish of like, Oh no, if I do go, what's going to happen. Um, right. So just that, that assurance was, was very comforting. Um, but, but I got into, to the hospital, uh, they, they checked everything and then I had a surgery to, to fix everything. Um, that, that next afternoon, uh, and mm-hmm. then two weeks and I recovered and I mean, good. So and that is amazing. Cause I, I think one of the themes of the season is this question of how how healing fits with faith you know what the overlap between them is and uh, how they interact with one another and uh, so in this moment of of potentially approaching death you have this verse um, obviously there's this the sense of of security in Christ for salvation if you die it's gain but um, what about the first half of that verse to live is Christ and um, 
what have you, what have you taken that to mean? At this season of my life, um, I, I think that has meant, I mean, being active in the church where mm. I can. Mm. Again, the reason for moving to Christchurch Fox Chapel, dramatically closer, mm. a lot easier for us to be active and engaged yeah. um, in the community, yeah. uh, serving here wherever we can. Um, but again, at this season, I have three young sons, I ages know, nine, yeah. seven, and two. And <laughs> as much as I'd like to be the ambitious kind of go-getter and do everything, mm-hmm. um, I think God's kind of called me to, to develop them and, and to witness within oh, my sure. own house yeah. um, to, to bring them and draw him them closer to God as well. Yeah, I so. mean, for sure, that's, that's the uh, image in uh, Second Timothy about an overseer or a deacon manages the household well and you know we were cat and i were just talking with a couple um who were on the track for ordination and uh you know we were looking at the ordinal which is the the how to get ordained bit of the prayer book and it, it talks about all these weighty kind of things about being a pastor uh, and then it goes but you know get your household sorted first that is your priority according to scripture and that's another one of those difficulties in mm-hmm. life that like makes you appreciate God's love for us even more. I, I remember when my nine-year-old was a baby, mm. just that first experience of him crying in the bed at me, and I'm like, why are you doing this? And I and I just had this revelation of just like, oh, my goodness, this is me and God all the yeah. time. It's just like yeah. I'm wailing for no apparent reason. <laughs> and God still has grace for me and he still has mercy and he still gives me these blessings day in and day out. It's just like, wow, this is completely undeserved. <laughs> so the experience of being a dad and the experience of, of being um, potentially at the point of death, uh, was in, how did that interplay with faith? Did it, did it confirm it, damage it, increase it? Uh, you know, was there any kind of, is there any kind of place that you're in today through those experiences of parenthood and suffering that, that's different? I, I think it very much increases it. Okay. Um, again, it, it kind of clarifies my position to God um, and, and my need for him. And, mm. and so while I don't, it's not a fun, those aren't fun experiences necessarily. I mean, especially kind of approaching and, pain, and, and painful, painful death. death. Yeah. yeah. Um, they do clarify the need um, mm. of a save for a savior. And, and again, I wouldn't suggest going through something like an excruciating headache or anything, um, but it going through those kinds of challenges just makes it that, that abundantly clear um, that we cannot do this on our own. Right. Uh, and, and God worked through, again, my wife uh, to, to kind of get me into the hospital. <laughs> um, so I, I could be cured um, from that. And, and even in parenting, I mean, <laughs> I like to think that I'm a, a reasonable, well-tempered person, but there are some things my kids do that oh. it's just like, Oh, I can fly off the handle in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, and again, again, it, it's just that balance of of a strong marriage, both working towards the same goal, mm-hmm. 
of, of she kind of has a good way of kind of toning me down or pushing me out of the way to say, yeah. no, okay, let, let, let's settle this down for a second. So, And I'm sure a lot of parents can relate to that, that moment of, of um, speaking out of tiredness or out of the flesh and, and then regretting it. Like, I mean, I, I know I have. And uh, at least having someone there that can say, okay, it's time for you to go to the lazy boy for half an hour. I'm going, you know, right. kind of thing. Yeah. Like that's, that's, um, I mean, that's something all of us can, can relate to a bit. And I suspect the inconsistencies in my parenting, uh, whether I'm bothered by a thing or not, is actually less to do with the thing and more to do with where I am. Like, right. You know, am I, am I prayerful today? Uh, you know, do I, have I experienced any kind of tenderness of the Lord today? Have I sought him out? Um, have I had a kind of crisis and, and seen the Lord show up and, you know, I'm now in this great place? Um, or am I just doing it all my own way? Because, you know, if I have a day of just ministering out of the flesh and working that way, um, I'm just not really ready to show grace to the kids. It's me. <laughs> and it's also an interesting dynamic where I, I kind of see me, myself, playing out the trying to remove the speck out of someone else's eye mm -hmm. and ignoring the plank of my own of just yeah. a lot of the times the things that I'm getting on the kids about are right. my own deficiencies. Like, yeah. well, okay, I need to work on this. And so right. I want to save you from it because I'm experiencing oh, yeah. this. <laughs> so. Well, and the way, that, the way that sin is kind of woven into everything as well, uh, I don't know if it's the case for you, but for me it's, it's like, well, these kids are, are reflecting me to the world. And so I want to fix that thing so that no one knows I also do it. Because I'm sophisticated enough to hide it in public, and they're not, and and so there's an element of all of that going on as well. Right? Uh, how how awful that we put this on our family, um, but they are a great way of showing us grace, the grace of God. I think. Yeah, I, I think it really just demonstrates again our, our position to God, kind of our kids to us, mm. and and we really kind of see things from God's perspective a little bit mm. um, to just say, yep, this makes no sense. And honestly, our kids have about as much understanding. Well, yeah. they have more understanding <laughs> in relation to how they're relating to us than we do when we relate to God. Right. Um, no, no, yes. Yes. <laughs> true. That, that must be true. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot of mystery about us. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, certainly not in our household, that's for sure. The, uh, you're right. And then God, you know, to put it the other way, God's knowledge of us is perfect. Right. And yet he has grace. Um, just, just one more thing, I guess. The, the experience of, of uh, suffering and the, the uh, potential of death in that moment that you went through it is something that... Uh, a lot of people will relate to in in our church, uh, either because someone they love died, uh, or because someone they love is suffering, or, or they are. Um, you know, in my case, Cat, my wife has permanent physical condition that that leaves her in great pain, pretty much all the time, mm. with spikes of of exceedingly great pain, and and just very very rare moments of relief, but but. Not so much, mm. um, and so you know, as a as someone, as a as a witness of suffering, uh, I 
I even sometimes forget that she's in pain because she copes mm. so well. But, but as a witness of suffering, I, I see her faith grow through that. Um, and it doesn't for everyone. But I've seen, I've seen actually one of the reasons why she is so spiritually mature and, and, and filled with grace is because actually of her suffering. Have, have, you, have you ever reflected on where you would be as a believer without uh, what happened to you? without your condition? Well, it's interesting, kind of God provides the strength for both, I think both sides, mm. where I find it very difficult to watch other people in mm. pain and, and, and suffering. Um, and, and I'm in a position where I'm more than delighted that my kids are all healthy and that I yeah. have experienced this. And it's like, okay, maybe I took one for the team for here. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I guess I just went on a tangent off from your question. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I haven't really reflected uh, kind of where I would be in, in a much, probably in a better place according to the world standards mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and in a much poorer place in a spiritual sense. Um, and, and, I would probably be dramatically less satisfied uh, with my life um, without the purpose uh, of pursuing Christ with all that I am. Um, Are you saying that the the suffering has has had an impact on pushing you towards Christ, which has had an impact on other things? Unfortunately, I've only been able to kind of live through my life once, and so it's kind of hard to gauge. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a great answer. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's hard to gauge. Uh, it, obviously, Christ has drawn me to Himself, mm -hmm. and so it, again, that, that's why I emphasize just that it, it's so nice and sweet to kind of feel that affirmation, that assurance of faith mm -hmm. uh, in that moment when that verse would kind of came to me, right. Um, so I, I, I don't, I don't know how to answer kind of just where my life would be. Um, I probably would not have a wife and kids and I would probably not be happily living in a house <laughs> mm. trying to manage all the interesting growth points <laughs> in my own parenting while trying to understand those three children, um, as they grow up as well. Um, I think what's, what's, what's great and interesting about your answer is, uh, I think I was hearing you say that really it's about Jesus. And um, so this is, this is bound up in the story of how you were with Jesus. Um, but it's about Jesus and not the story <laughs> of, of suffering. It is. And um, he has surrounded me with a cloud of witnesses. I mean, again, mm. my wife, mm. uh, and my, my parents, um, and, and my wife's parents, uh, all are, are pointed in the same direction towards yeah. the same purpose. And so it's just nice to, and, and, and Christ church, Fox Chapel here. Um, it's just nice to have mm. that community so that when I am straying off the path from where I should be, mm. um, there are always people there, to pull me back in. Yeah. And that's, and that's how it works. I, that's the beauty of being in fellowship. Yes. An isolated Christian is, 
a real anathema, I think, to the call to, to be together. Which is so interesting because faith it operates at an individual level, but mm. then there's this mysterious yeah. community aspect. I mean, yeah. in, in the miracles of Jesus, we see the mm. the paralytic's friends bringing him to yeah. Jesus to be healed, and and I feel like sometimes we, with the paralytic, or we as the paralytic, maybe kicking and screaming, not wanting to necessarily go that way. Oh yeah, and and but I mean, we were still drawn in. Um, and, and our head clears event, hopefully our head clears eventually, yeah. uh, to then just say, nope, that this, this didn't feel right initially, but. You, well, you can't see, you can't see the cool thing if you don't come. And, <laughs> uh, you know, one of the wonderful things about a church is the ratio of, of members to attenders is pretty tight. Like basically the people that belong here come, but, uh, it wasn't always the case. And I, I wrote a letter once to the congregation, which I don't know how wise it was really. Um, which is English for it was not wise. And um, basically it was a long letter. And basically it said, dear Christians, it was really cool this weekend uh, and you all missed it. And, uh, you know, bummer. Uh, dear members, please attend. And, you know, it, it, caused, it caused a bit of a stir. Um, and I don't know how great it was. My, my friend Mary... Um, said to me, you know, like, never admonish the whole congregation from the pulpit, because basically all the tender people that don't need it will receive it, and all the thick people that do need it won't. Um, she said it better than that. Uh, but it was a bit of a blunt instrument. But there was this kind of frustration in my heart as I wrote it. Um, like, oh man, it was a really cool weekend. The spirit showed up, a lot of good things happened. And all these people that would have benefited so much from being there had chosen instead to do something else. Mm. Um and there is something wonderful about just sort of being here every week because, you know, sometimes it's just a normal week. Um, but every few months there's this big moment of testimony uh, or uh, I think when this, when this airs we'll have just had a testimony from, from Lamb, uh, which I'm really looking forward to as we record right now. And um you know, there are these moments where, where the room gets closer, when someone talks about suffering and someone talks about their journey of faith and what God's done to them in, in dark times and how they've come through that. Everyone benefits from that kind of a thing. So um, I'm really grateful that you would share that with us, and I'm really grateful that a bunch of people would choose to listen. I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful for all of that. Um, Adam, thanks for, for uh, Coming back on, <laughs> five <laughs> minutes after we press stop, uh, it may feel more um, kind of joined and sensible when you hear this, the listener, uh, if we do something with it. Uh, not quite sure at this stage how I'm going to post these two things, uh, one or two. But uh, thank you for coming. And uh, in the event that they've not yet heard them, I must again play uh, the house band. This has been possibly another podcast of Christchurch Fox Chapel. Possibly it's just one big long thing and you wonder what I'm talking about. The marvels of technology. Adam, thank you for joining us. I really do appreciate you coming on. Appreciate being here. And for you, the listener, thank you for listening. And we love you and we'll see you all again very soon. God bless.